I want to just uh, I want to sit down and sing some more songs. <laughs> I want to thank Brian. If you guys weren't here last week, uh, yeah, we can we can clap for you. We can clap for everybody. But uh, if you weren't here last week, Brian is the associate chaplain at Florida Southern College, and we're we're blessed to be able to get him here for a couple weeks. He's going to go away for a couple weeks, and he's going to come back the the last two weeks of June and be with us again. And uh, I just want to thank everybody in the band, Eric and Becky and Aaron and Kim and George and Hannah and Craig. Am I missing any of the bigger group? And then the guys in the booth, Ken and uh, Brian and others there. They put in, uh, you guys see this hour, you know, this little, little hour, but many hours go into getting it ready and getting it right. And... Um, Equipment always works perfectly, right, Ken? There's never any bugs, things like that. This week is, uh, she's going to hate me for saying this, but this is what happens when you're a pastor's kid. Tana's last Sunday with us, and um, I'm being Greg now. <laughs> you know, Hannah's uh, going off on, she graduates we- uh, Tuesday, and Thursday's heading off to Warren Willis uh, for the summer to serve as a camp counselor there, and, and um, I think I speak not just as your dad, but on behalf of this congregation that we're proud of you and honored that you're going to be representing Christ and representing us in this special thin place of, called Warren Willis. So go with God, my sister. <clears throat> and give him Jesus. So today we're, we're covering, we're, we're nearing the end of our creed series, and we're looking at the, the line that says, I believe in the forgiveness of sins. And I was thinking about this, I think there's quite a wide spectrum when we think about this. We might, um, on one far end, you might think, well, I, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't have any sins that need to be forgiven, you know. Sins are for, for those people. Those, those people that we hear about in the news and that do bad stuff, and you know, them, those guys over there. But but me, I'm pretty good, got it together. And then on the other end of the spectrum, you might be way over here. Get some steps in today, and you're thinking, well, I'm the worst of all. I'm so full of sin, there's no hope for me. There's, and I'm, I'm a sinner, but, you know, all, all of these guys, they got it together. Of course, that's what it looks like on Facebook and social media, that everybody has it together, right? But we're at home feeling just the depth of our sin, and so that's a spectrum. And maybe you might make a little bit of a step and go, well, okay, yeah, I, I'm, still, I'm still sinful, but in... And maybe some other people have some sin, but not nearly, not nearly as bad as what I am. You know, they're, they're just, I, I'm just no hope. But, okay, other people have some sin too. But. And then maybe this person over here may make some steps and say, well, all right, okay, so I, ha- I, have, a little, I have a little bit of sin. But still, it's, it's not nearly, nearly as bad as other people. And what I want to share today, my, my premise today is that I, I believe there is a center space where it is that everyone, all people, are sinners in need of forgiveness. I mean, we say that in the creed, I believe in the forgiveness of sins. There's no qualification for, I believe in the forgiveness of sins for those people. It doesn't work like that. So I want to suggest that this morning that there's a healthy and this is a healthy and correct and sound belief. This place of center. You know, many times it seems like Christians seem to be very good at pointing out other people's sins, right? It seems easier to do some points. And 
In fact, some of the loudest and most vocal Christian voices in our world seem totally preoccupied with the practice of identifying someone else's sin. It's like a major spiritual practice for them almost. And I've been guilty of that too. And while this is going on, those outside our faith life, those outside Christianity, think that our faith is all about sin. That's all we talk about. We, just, we focus on, on all the bad, all the sin, all the places where people haven't met the standard. And whatever they experience in church or, or with church people or people of faith, our faith seems to be one that is just this one huge depressing guilt trip. That's one of the biggest things I hear, especially some of those who grew up in the church, especially maybe even in the Catholic church, it seems like we hear a lot of this a lot. Is, you know, I just, I, it was guilt upon guilt upon guilt upon guilt. We just talked about sin. We talked about where we're not meeting the mark. It would almost seem like the Apostles' Creed, rather than saying, I believe in the forgiveness of sins, says, I believe all people are sinners. But the creed doesn't say that. Now, that's not, a, that's not an untrue statement. The creed doesn't say that, but, but it's, a, it's a true theological statement that, in fact, uh, all people are sinners. But the creed doesn't say that. The creed says, it says, I believe in the forgiveness of sins. The emphasis in the creed and in our faith is not on guilt, but God's grace. It's, it's not on sin, but God's forgiveness. So on the one end of our spectrum, we have, we have this belief that I'm not a sinner. I don't need God's forgiveness. And, and, you know, and I just try to do better. I, I try to do good. And, and I try to make things right. But I, you know, that whole forgiveness thing, I, I, don't, I don't really need that. I can just try harder. So let's just step back a minute and let's, let's talk about where, what is sin. Now, hopefully you're not here for the first time and you walk in and we get, we're talking about sin. We don't talk about this every week. We try to talk about grace a lot. But it's hard to talk about grace without talking about sin as well. Sin, the New Testament Greek word is hamartia. And it literally is, an, is kind of an archery term. It means missing the mark. You, you might think of, look at the, these pictures here, and you, know, you might be thinking of an archery target, a bullseye. And, and maybe sometimes in your life you feel like, man, I can't even hit, I can't even hit the bigger target. Everything's, everything's falling short, everything's going whizzing by, left or right, but not even sticking. Or if I ha happen to hit the, you ever done that, you, you shoot the arrow and you hit the target, but it doesn't stick even. It's like, man, I finally was on point and it doesn't stick. Or maybe there's, there's times when you're kind of hitting all around it, at least you're hitting the target, you're going in the right general direction. And still some things are falling short and going beyond. And then there's times in our lives and parts of our lives where, man, we're dead on. We're, we're just, we're hitting it every time. We're in a zone. And we're doing well. Still, we have folks who have a hard time seeing maybe that they have some sin in their lives. You know, Sometimes if we look at some of our kind of our rule books of our faith, you know, the Ten Commandments, you, you look at those. And uh, you look at, uh, you know, have no other gods before me, no idols, don't misuse God's name, keep the Sabbath holy, honor your mom and dad, don't commit murder, don't commit adultery, don't steal, don't lie about your neighbor, don't covet your neighbor's spouse or their stuff. Those are paraphrases, that's not the exact, you know translation you might go okay wait 
you know, I do pretty good with that. You know, I haven't murdered anybody today, you know. Or if you, you maybe step back and look at the, the seven deadly sins. Lust and gluttony and greed and sloth and anger and envy and pride. and You might still even go, okay, well, you know, I do okay with that. I'm, I'm pretty good with that. But if we, if we look at missing the mark, isn't it missing the mark when we, when we don't live out the virtues God's, God desires for us? It, like, like Paul says in Galatians 5, we are to live by the fruit of the Spirit. So try these on for size. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. All right, now we're beginning to meddle a little bit. Everybody go home to your spouse or your loved one today and go, so these nine things, or your children, how, how am I doing? Well, and then you lose your patience or your self-control and forget the whole experiment. Or we can dig deeper in, into some of the, the, the some of the teaching of Jesus. It doesn't, doesn't have to go far. You can go right into that, that Sermon on the Mount where, where Jesus is beginning to reinterpret some of the Ten Commandments. You know, Jesus says, you've heard it said, do not commit murder, but I say to you, you know, if you're angry with your brother or your sister, it's the same thing as murder. Okay, the bar is getting you know, higher and higher now. Or, you know, don't commit adultery, okay? Most of us are, are probably pretty good with that. But Jesus says, if you, if you look lustfully at another person's spouse, you've already committed adultery in your heart. All right, Jesus. That, that's, just mind your own business. Turn the other cheek and offer the other cheek. Or if someone takes your shirt, give them your jacket too, or if, if someone asks you to go one mile, go two miles with them. This is all just in a couple chapters here of Jesus' teaching. Don't even get into talking about love your enemies and not storing up our treasures in our, in our homes and, and when we run out of space in our homes and our storage facilities. And, and don't even bother talking about don't judge others because now we're really hitting home. So I think we can realistically say that we, we deal with sin, this idea that we are all missing the mark in some way or another. So on this, on this most traveled holiday weekend, and AAA says it's, it's going to increase even more this weekend, traffic and traveling, I wanted to give you a AAA to think about when we believe, think about our belief in the forgiveness of sins. So these are the AAAs for forgiveness of sins. And I think it will help us get to a, to a healthy and correct and center belief of I believe in the forgiveness of sins. The first A is that we acknowledge that we are sinners that we have sinned, and, and maybe we are still sinning. We acknowledge that. Paul, in, in, in the book of Romans, says that there's no righteous person, not even one. And, and that all have, all people fall short of God's glory. All people miss the mark of what we're aiming at. So we have to acknowledge that we have sin. We have to move from this, this far position over here and say, okay, yes, I have sin. And in, in fact, maybe even say, acknowledge that I'm not going to worry about other people's sin, but I'm just going to acknowledge and, and worry about my own sin. And, and in some way, we, we've all fallen short of God's ideal for our lives. In some area of our lives doesn't take long for my feet to hit the floor. I, I get up and I, and I row, move over and I 
pull out my phone because it has my prayer of awakening on there that I use. And, and not, sure, not long after that, then, then do I find myself in a place that I need to be reminded that I am a sinner in need of God's grace. And it doesn't take long to move through a social media feed and begin to, to know that there's sin in our world or that you are full of sin as well. So acknowledge that we are sinners, that we've sinned, that we are maybe still sinning. Secondly, we need to ask, ask God to forgive us of our sins. Romans again says, because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and, and if in your hearts you have faith that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And it all started with that, that babe in the manger and, and the angel Gabriel coming to Joseph saying, this baby that's coming... You're going to name him Jesus, which means he will save his people from their sins. We confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, and, and we believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, and then we will be saved. And, and trusting with the, with the heart leads to righteousness. And confessing with the mouth leads to salvation. Continue on. Paul says, all who call on the Lord's name will be saved. So we acknowledge that we, we have sin in our lives. We, we ask for God's forgiveness of our sins. And then the third A is that we accept. We accept God's forgiveness. You know, some of us are, are caught in this extreme understanding and belief this extreme rut of life that we are just unhelpable that we just there's nothing that can be done to help us that our sin is beyond anything imaginable and we all may have been there at some point in our lives but, but there's times in our lives I think when we, we get stuck there there's nothing. This is, this is the unforgivable thing that I've done. But one of my favorite verses, and we say this, we'll say this next month as part of our confession and pardon, but God shows his love for us because while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And it goes on to say that, so now that we have been made righteous by his blood, we can even more be even more certain that we will be saved by God's wrath through him. There's nothing, nothing too deep. Brian, go, go back to the bridge of, the, of um, reckless love for me, please. You know, this song is, is, this is probably, I think, one of the, I think this is one of the best Wesleyan worship songs that we, you know, really defines what we believe as Methodists and, and followers of the Wesleyan tradition about what God is about. You know, there, there's, there's no shadow that God won't light up. You're, you're, you're never caught in such a place that God won't come up and light that space. And there's no mountain that God won't come up looking after you. There, there's no wall that God's going to kick it, not won't kick in. I mean, you know, you, you think like SWAT team, SEAL team, coming in, kicking in the walls to, to save you. That, that's God. There's nothing. There's, there's no lies that you can tell yourself or anyone else that God isn't going to tear down and get rid of to come after you. And it's because of the next slide, the overwhelming and never-ending and reckless love of God. It chases us down and fights till we're found and leaves the 99 that are good and, 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 and have it together at this moment 
to go find the one who's stuck in the rut and needs God's help. That's the kind of God that we have, friends. That's the kind of God that when we say, I believe in the forgiveness of sins, that's the kind of God that forgives our sins. God shows his love for us because while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So now that we have been made righteous by his blood, we can be even more certain that we will be saved from God's wrath through him. We've been made righteous by God's blood. Not only did Christ die for our sins, friends, died for your sin and for mine, but, but he didn't stay dead. He overcame death, and he rose again, and after the third day, will live forever. And we too are not only, not only forgiven by his blood on that cross, but we will live forever with him as well. Friends, Jesus Christ is our living hope. And what makes our faith different from any other faith in the entire world? We have a living God continually gives us living hope no matter what, no matter where, no matter who. I think in the first week of our series, we talked about the idea that the Apostles' Creed, when it became into, into a formation in the early first several centuries, it was used before baptism, and, and, and converts would, be, would learn the creed, and not only to recite it and say it, but also learn what it meant. And, and as part of their baptism, they would recite this creed, and, and then they would enter into these baptismal waters. Adam Hamilton writes in his book, The Creed, The converts were affirming their faith in God, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And, and in the church, and in the fact that God forgives sins, and in truth that Jesus bore the burden of our sin on the cross, and in stepping into the water, those being baptized knew that their past sins were being forgiven, and that God was promising in advance to forgive their future sins. We don't have a baptismal to step into this morning, but I'm going to invite you as we sing this last song, this last song called Living Hope, about our living God who gives us hope each and every day. I'm going to invite you to come forward in, into this baptismal or the one in the back and just to touch and feel the waters. The waters that are assigned to us of the cleansing of God's forgiveness. The newness of God's forgiveness. So let's sing together about this forgiver of sins and give praise to our God, our living hope. And, and as we do that, come and touch these waters and be reminded that we believe in the forgiveness of sins. Amen. Oh, Jesus Christ, my living. 
to accept the completeness of that forgiveness 
now and moving forward. These cleansing waters, a symbol of our the love and faith and forgiveness of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Ask, acknowledge, ask, and accept. Friends, remember your baptism and go forth and, and proclaim this God, this forgiver of sins, in all you do. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen and amen. We'll see you next week.